I'm Dr. G, and for the past 10 years of my life, I've been passionate about all things holistic healing. I've been committed to healing myself and others from the inside out by incorporating some of the most effective modalities for healing the mental, the emotional, and the physical, I've learned that they give us the opportunity to be our most authentic and powerful selves. Heal Thyself is a show dedicated to just that. Today's show is going to be incredible, and I say it every week, of course I do, because it is incredible. Knowledge bombs of digestible information to empower and create clarity on what the highest version of us looks like. Product reviews to provide informed consent so you can buy the safest and best products out there. Better than the first two that I spoke about and you're getting other B vitamins, which are energizing, right? Get off of it, throw it away. And special guest segments with some of the brightest and most elite minds in their field. So what is that like on my nervous system? Six hours of holding that emotion. Here's the earth, here's the mechanisms and mechanics of an earth when it breathes. We would think much different about that asthma patient that shows up. All to create change and all the parts that make you, you, so we can start healing ourselves and each other. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them. And their quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products. GHKCU and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula 
packed with antioxidants that have been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has you are back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. Hey, all right, everyone. Welcome to a very special show, Heal Thyself. Check it out. We're at my home. I'm in the comfort of my own couch. I don't even have to put my sneakers on for this one. I'm really excited to bring to you today's show. As always, thank you for joining, of course, taking the time out of your day and really sharing this with your loved ones. Guess what? It's been 2019 since I've done a cacao review where we found out what the best cacao powders in the industry are. We have the 2021 review two years later to update it. So you know that if you're using cacao, which is seemingly a really good health food, and it is, but we wanna make sure that we're using a really good quality cacao powder, especially if we're making cookies or putting it in our smoothies or whatever it may be. We want the best of the best, so we researched a bunch of companies and came through with the top ones. Also, man, do we have a special guest. If you own a dog, you have to listen to this show because our special guest is one of the foremost canine behavioralists in the world. She understands the psychological connection between us and our dogs, and you may learn a lot that we may not be showing up for our dogs the way they want us to show up for them, and it can really change the dynamics of our dog's health if we just take a few tips from this conversation that is coming up. So I cannot wait to have her on, so stay tuned. But let's open this Knowledge Bomb segment with learning about the benefits of cacao and why we need to be careful about the cacao we're eating. All right, now is bomb segment. As I mentioned, 2019, we did a full review of cacao powder. Cacao powder is wonderful. I've been actually using it for five, six years already. I put it in my smoothies to supercharge it up, but also utilize it in different baking aspects. But when it comes to cacao, we know the flavanols in it are very therapeutic. It has those constituents that act as antioxidants. And you heard me talk about antioxidants so much on this show for a very particular reason. They reduce oxidation. And oxidation is a massive enemy for our health. It's a byproduct of inflammation. It's a byproduct of unhealthy eating, which is causing inflammation. It's a byproduct of environmental toxins. It is the thing that is damaging our DNA and leading to a lot of the diseases that we see. So it stands to believe then we should be eating antioxidant-rich foods, which is the reason why I always recommend the rainbows of fruits and vegetables. Okay, we know that. But also cacao, really dense in these antioxidants. So super healthy food. We know evidence-based-wise, we know that it's helpful for brain health, heart health, circulation. So those are really, really important if we do suffer or predispose to any diseases of those organs or have poor circulation to start implementing cacao if we enjoy it. Now, the problem with cacao, and you'll remember, I just, I did a chocolate show maybe three months ago and I went over the top chocolates. Um, we know that the problem with cacao is it can be adulterated with two heavy metals, lead and cadmium. And same thing with all chocolates, lead and cadmium. Those are the heavy metals we see over and over, which is why if we're eating these every single day or giving them to kids even more so, we have to be very much so vigilant about what's in it. When it comes to heavy metals, super important for us to remember, heavy metals are not like BPA. Now BPA is an issue, an issue in itself, right? It's causing hormonal dysfunction. Uh, but BPA has a shorter half-life, meaning that it excretes from our body much faster than heavy metals. Heavy metals have an affinity for different organs in our fat tissues. 
they go through a process of bioaccumulation, meaning they build up in our body over time. This is why the dose makes the poison is an incorrect statement because how do you explain mercury poisoning, right? If we have a can of tuna and we eat it, there's mercury in it, yes. That doesn't mean the body treats the mercury fully in a rapid pace. So if we eat another can of tuna and another can of tuna, you do it for a few years, you even do it for a year, your mercury levels are gonna start to build up. It's not necessarily the dose makes the poison. You have to understand what the chemical or the constituent is doing in the body. And in the case of mercury and all other heavy metals, they build up in the body over time. That's why we see, and many times, people's health go downhill over the years because of heavy metal exposure. Now it comes from foods like cacao. It also comes from things like paint, tattoos, cookware. So there's environmental exposures to heavy metals as well as food exposures. So let's keep that in mind. Now, and in this investigation, what we really did is reach out to companies and like we always do, asking for their third party testing. Third party, it has to be an independent party which is giving us the information which we can work with to know, okay, this company has really safe levels of heavy metals and you can have it every single day. And even better, you can give it to your kids to really be utilizing beneficial antioxidants to the body and those health effects that I just spoke about. So without further ado, let's just get to this product review and talk about my favorite brands, which ones eh, didn't really show up, which ones were so-so and which one are the best of the best. All right, product review time. As I mentioned, the last cacao review was 2019. You may remember that. 2021, there's a few things we went over. Um, we ex expanded it a little bit more. So what we asked these companies is if they were organically sourced, if they have the organic label, or if they were sourcing their cacao organically, and if they can show that. We asked for pesticide tests, heavy metal tests, the big one, microbiology, and if it's fair trade. If you remember on the chocolate show, a big issue is child slave labor in the chocolate industry, the cacao industry. So it's the same in this industry. So we wanted to make sure these companies are aware and doing their proper vigilance towards making sure that their cacao is sourced ethically, right? Because no one wants to be putting money into a company that isn't this overlooking the source chain and contributing to trauma and suffering. Now I wanna make a really important point before we jump into it. Proposition 65 labels. I want us all to understand the Proposition 65 label is a label that talks about chemicals and heavy metals in California. And it is a label that shows us that, okay, this product may have chemicals that can cause birth defects, cancer. Um, and it's something that we see out here in California in different products, or sometimes even when you walk into buildings, you'll see that sign or stores, you'll see that sign that, that, that there's chemicals in there that could contribute to it. Now, when it comes to consumer packaged goods like cacao, a lot of companies, even though they're below Proposition 65 limits, now it's a very strict limitation, particularly when it comes to heavy metals, heavy metals, very strict. When they, even if they fall below, a lot of companies put the label to protect their butts. Here's why. And this is, this is actually what NewsS does. And for those of you who view and listen and have been, you know, following the show for a while, you know that NewsS has sponsored our show in the past and they have the Proposition 65 label. But on their third-party testing, all of their heavy metals look wonderful in all of their flavors. They pass with flying colors, but they still put it because there's a group of lawyers that go around and independently test products. And if they don't have the Proposition 65 label, but they happen to be over in that batch for heavy metals, they get a massive lawsuit. And that's the problem. I think the best thing that we can do is look at the independent testing, which I will put out information in the form of an ebook on how to do it yourself. 
but put it, look at the independent testing and see where the heavy metals fall, and then keep an eye on the Proposition 65 label, but understand that not all companies, because they have that, have high dose and toxic heavy metals. A lot of them are doing it to protect themselves. All right, so let's jump into this investigation. Uh, companies that I could not get anything from, Natiera, Thrive Market, Viva Naturals, they were reached out five times. On the fourth time, they told us they were going to send our message out to marketing. And then when we wondered what was going on, we had to reach out to them again a few days later and they never answer us. And that was the last email that was sent. We also got nothing from Earth, Earth Eco, Cacao Bliss, TCHO, which is also a chocolate, uh, Zint, Healthworks, I'm Lakesh, they never sent anything, Freedom Cacao, Maya May, and Wild Foods Company. So unfortunately, none of these companies could get back to us and or none of these companies were in agreement to wanting to share these third-party testing. So I can't really support companies that, that don't. So let's talk about the ones that were better. So for the better category, not the best, but the better one, and I'm only gonna speak about the better ones is because if you really have an affinity for the taste of these, then just understand where they, or you have some sort of affiliation or really, really bound to these companies, then understand that here's this information, you can do with it what you want. Sun Food is a popular one, Sun Food. They have an organic certification, that is awesome. Uh, they actually sent uh, pesticide and heavy metal reports back in 2020. We found it in an old, old email, but this year they didn't want to send any. And as per their 2020 report, last year I would actually say don't surpass the serving size of one tablespoon. But if you love the brand, keep it at one tablespoon, no more. Also, one thing that caught my eye is that 2020 report wasn't a third-party test. It was just an in-house one, which is um, never enough for me when it comes to this testing. Zeal, uh, they look pretty good. They're USDA organic. They don't talk about any fair trade certification, which is kind of uh, alarming to me because they should, especially a company in chocolate and cacao, should really proudly talk about their fair trade certification to, make, to tell us, okay, no, we're not contributing to child labor. Not saying that Zeal does, I would just like more vigilance on that. Their third-party test report was not a third-party test. I saw nothing of any lab signatures. I only saw a bulk report of heavy metals, but not the individual heavy metals. It just wasn't a good report, to be honest. So here are two that may be in the better category, but regardless, I'd rather talk about the best ones. So in the 2021 report of cacao, here are the best companies that came through. Navitas. Uh, it's, I have a great point of contact here who's always available to chat. And actually we had a chat in 2019. Now, if you remember back in 2019, I talked about Navitas not being transparent because I didn't get any information from them. And then after the show, I finally got in touch with them and we went over a lot of things about the company. And it came out such that they were better than anticipated, but there was no transparency in the beginning. So from then on, they were very open for having a line of communication. And that's what I like. I like when a company is able to be like, yeah, let me show up for you. Let's talk about things. So, you know, I understand what you need and you understand how we want to talk about things. So from last year, the company even got better in terms of heavy metals, but their serving size went from 15 grams, which is a lot, to six grams, which is more of the way that I would approach cacao. But if you remember in 2019, I recommended reducing the serving size in the powder. So now at six gram, they're well below Proposition 65 levels for lead and cadmium, which are the most worrisome overall. And I would say it's even safe to double the serving size and you'll still be below Proposition 65 levels. Now you may notice Navitas is one of the companies that I believe does keep the Proposition 65 label, 
but in their independent testing, which I looked at, it's well below. I also love that even though they have an organic certification, they test for glyphosate, which is huge, and they're fair trade certified, which is really important. Fair trade does not allow exploitation of children and child labor or any discriminatory employment practices. These standards cover things like working conditions, the ability for workers to organize, and democratic voting as part of their membership. So really, really important to have that label or something of the sort to ensure that too. So Navitas, one of the best ones right now. The two others, Better Body Foods, that's Better Body Foods. All the certifications you wanna see, super clean. They also test for flavanols, which are the therapeutic constituents that I talked about, making sure that they're at a therapeutic level, which is really cool, they test for that. Heavy metals look great. Their serving size is five grams. It's safe to double that. And also they look great for lead and cadmium, the ones that we're really concerned about. The organic label they have is a huge plus. As far as fair trade certified practices, they have something called GFSI certification, which I would admit is the first time I heard that. That's Global Food Safety Initiative. And that requires those who are certified to meet elevated quality and safety standards related to the product, manufacturing, supply, and employees. It's my first time hearing it. I don't know enough about it yet, but it does look pretty good. Um, so Better Body Foods, another one. And the last one, which stood the test of time since 2019, because it was one of the top ones in 2019, if not the top, Terrasol. This was certified organic, it still is. Transparent, fair trade, awesome across the board. Their serving size is three grams, which is a teaspoon. You can double it to two teaspoons if you want, and you'll still be under Proposition 65. Okay, so those are the three. Navitas, Better Body Foods, Terrasol, all really good. I would recommend trying them all and see which one you like because they would all be safe for you to take and your children. So there you go, product review. I cannot wait to get to this conversation with Sasha. Sasha is the guru, the brilliant mind when it comes to our relationship with dogs. So let's learn a little bit about the psychology and relationship we have with our dogs and if we're doing it right. Because if we're not, are we adding to extra stress for our dogs over time and ultimately leading to strained mental and physical health? Let's check it out. All right, everyone, today's show is a very special show. Look at the setting we're in. We're in the comfort of my own home and I have a very special guest, Sasha Armstrong. She's a canine behavioralist and we had some of the most insightful conversation I've ever had about dogs in my life before we came on air. We're gonna learn about the psychology and our interaction with dogs and if we're doing right by them because there's so much that we can learn, especially with an expert like you. Thank you for coming on the show, Sasha. I'm honored, thank you for having me. Okay, Sasha. So we had a really insightful conversation. I wasn't joking. I learned a lot about just my connection to Sabina and really just thinking about all the animals I've had in my life and my connection to them. And if psychologically I was showing up the way that nature intended. Um, but before we go into that, because there's so much to talk about on that front, how did you become a canine behavioralist? Yeah, so from the moment that I really connected to animals as a as a toddler, as a, as a young child, um, I knew that I, I understood them in a different way. I, I, I felt that I could communicate with them very clearly. I understood what they were trying to tell me. And so as that, that understanding and that, that gift that I felt that I had and I've learned to uh, discover more and more uh, over the many years, I knew that that was something that I was going to develop into not only my passion and something that was just felt like what I was supposed to do, what mm -hmm. I was designed to do. I knew that it was going to be my mission and my, my purpose. 
and it's it is my life's work. So it's it's been something that has been inside me, not only just my specialty working with canines, but um, but horses as well. It's so rare that you're young and you already like kind of fall into that. It's something you've been doing forever. Usually, it takes people a lot of trial and error, a lot of things that happen in life to kind of like lead the soul into like going, okay, yeah. here's what you need. But man, you've been like crystal clear about it since you were really young. Can you tell me about like one of the first things you remember when it came to your connection with a dog? Is there anything that sticks out when you were a kid and you were like, wow, I feel things or like I'm connected to dogs? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I actually, funny enough, grew up with uh, a little uh, fluffy Bichon Frise. And uh, I remember laying on my my changing table and in my uh, in my parents' home and, and I could Buffy was the dog's name and she was right there next to me and I remember I could I remember touching her and her looking at me and just feeling this this sense of connectedness. Just mm-hmm. this the sense of like this is almost as though I was of her kind or, right. you know, that I could just, there was something that was, was so connected between the two of us that, and I, I'll never forget that feeling, you know, what that, what that exchange was for me. Nonverbal, yeah. without language. Nonverbal. And it's something like that's intuitive because you and I it's were talking in- before we got on air, we were saying without language, like how do we communicate? And it's, imagine how strong if we didn't talk. Let's say two people were, let's say a, a, a partner, two partners did an experiment for six months, they didn't say a word to each other, how stronger their intuition would be with nonverbal mm, cues. So they'd know yes. when they had a hard day at work and then they, they cut off their language before coming into the house. They'd be like, okay, I feel something, I feel things, right? Really powerful, because that's our relationship with dogs. It's not verbal, but we have to feel more into them. Of course, and that's, you know, I, I think where we end up going down a road that that contributes to not the ideal successful outcome that we're looking for in our in our relatedness with our dogs is because so much of what is taught through traditional uh, tactics or uh, approaches is to be verbal to use our English language as a as a, a way to get what we are desiring from our dogs and unfortunately, because that isn't their natural instinctual language, not only are we creating a communication barrier, but we're also unknowingly reinforcing behavioral patterns mm. that are not, we don't want, that mm-hmm. are not desired. Which is an interesting point because we'll save the example right now, right? You walked in the house about an hour ago and Sabina, our Doberman here, came running down, barking, 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 barking. And then immediately I'm like, no, 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 because I don't want you to be scared. But of course I forgot that you see dogs every single day. <laughs> but, um, but that was my instinctual, or what I thought was the best approach, is to yell, no, 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 and that she'll understand and stop. Was that Did wrong? she? She didn't. Right. So, that, so what happened there? Yeah, so, and that, that's a, such a wonderful question that I get asked so many, many times. Um, so in that reaction, of course, when the dog is already trying to, when Sabina's trying to fulfill a component of her job description that she 
fully believes is hers to try and assume, right, this role of being the protector, being the manager, being the one that is on guard and has to be responsible for whatever comes in and out of this home, right? So me presenting as a perceived danger, someone that she does not know, did not know was coming, in that immediate reaction of her trying to communicate to me that, hey, this is my house and I don't want you in here. Having you react, and this is an important distinction, is the difference between reacting and responding. So you reacted in, in a way in which not only reinforced the behavior, but your pulse rate was elevated because your voice was projecting. You were using a language, you were using a way of communicating that only gave her the information that in fact she is supposed to be doing that. So like you said, instead of the no, 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 she understood yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. That go, is go, 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 go. Yeah, you're in, your, in the right place. So for me then to not engage with her in a direct way, right? Like, as I was saying, there's a lot of communication being transmitted to her, even though I was ignoring her, I in fact wasn't. I was communicating volumes of information, but in a language that she could understand, that I was non-threatening, that I was not putting her in the leadership role. I was not asking her to manage me, but instead, through my energy, through my body language, and through my communication skills, I was allowing her to feel trusting and confident in my presence and that she could, she could relax and not have to worry about me. Mm. And so that's why I immediately started coaching you not to respond verbally, because that automatically will bring that heightened overstimulating interaction down to a grounded state. So mm -hmm. if that's gonna be her immediate takeaway from you is, oh, you're not upset by this person walking in, so maybe I shouldn't be either. Mm, I see. Yeah, so that's the first approach is to make sure that we're in alignment with your energy, right? If you're nervous and expecting that something might be able, you know, might happen that's not not ideal, mm -hmm. then that's most likely what, what can unfold. But if you're presenting your energy in a very confident and calm way, that's, that is without a doubt going to be passed on to her. It, it's so interesting because how many people do, that's their first impulse. Mm -hmm. And we think through communication, dog will understand immediately, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's in a way that we assume that like they'll know our words all the time. Even if I say yes, no in a calm way, or no, 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 or no, 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 it's it. it they'll, we assume that they'll just understand no versus the energy behind the word no. Correct. How is the word Correct. said? So I guess it begs the question then. Okay, so let's say she came barking. What about if she was the opposite, where she came and she jumped on you and kept like licking you and kept like mm -hmm. she was just putting all her weight on you? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Is this a, a, a same behavioral response in many ways? It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? An experience of proof that's not only delicious, 
but it's also health focus. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well-being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health-focused principles backed by solid scientific research-based rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity, and this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy, boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been and I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights. And these are staples. And, I, and not just me. I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle. Staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. Yes, yes, and that's a very important distinction to make is that it's the same behavioral response. Ah, I knew it. So in those two responses, there are different manifestations of a dog believing that they are 
fulfilling the managerial position within the dynamic of the pack. Mm. So it's just, it shows up differently. It manifests differently based on the personality of the dog, the disposition of the dog, the chemistry of the pack dynamic, who is, you know, who is present mm -hmm. within the space. There's so many different factors that play into the big picture of why dogs show up and demonstrate they're trying to understand who's in charge. And it, it, it happens in many different ways. So it's a very important topic for me because a lot of times people won't perceive that as being like most people that would walk in here and, and see Sabina coming at them like that, a big Doberman, mm -hmm. they're going to be afraid. That's mm -hmm. a very scary behavior. I could be, you know, something bad could happen right. versus a dog that's rushing them, jumping up, getting in their space, knocking them over, licking right, them to death. Right. You know, this is what is associated with a friendly dog or an overly friendly dog. Mm -hmm. To me, same, it's coming from the same source, stress and anxiety that's manifested due to an understanding that they are put into a role, into a job description that they're not cut out to fulfill. Mm. Now, what do you mean job description now? Because this now we're leading a little bit to more of what you were talking about is the dynamics evolutionarily about how dogs understand packs yeah, and then the roles they take upon. And I think something you really mentioned that stuck with me is that they're always recalibrating dogs. So it's not just like, here's today how it's gonna be. They're always checking for where, who's my stance in the pack, am I correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's where the consistency in communication is so important, right? We can't, we can't elevate and establish ourselves and embody an alpha role one day and then the next day, you know, we, we can let loose and not be consistent mm -hmm. because the dog is always wanting to understand where they fit in, right? Where is their ideal placement within the pack dynamic? And so canines are hardwired to understand that in order for the pack, the family to be successful and survive, leaders need to be in place securely. Now that's important to understand, right? It's, that's hard wiring. It's, all dogs across the board, are, are. this is their thought process. You cannot take the wolf out of the golden doodle. I'll just put it like that, right? So it doesn't matter what the breed, it doesn't matter what the age, what the history of the dog is, where they live, it, none of that matters because at the end of the day, we are, we're working with the, the psychology does not change. Dogs are hardwired to, to need this. This isn't a, this is a, a live or die. You know, this is a, we are sur surviving and successful and highly functioning pack or there's chaos and the pack is not successful and will die off. Because these alpha roles, these leadership roles within the pack dynamic are so crucial for the dog to be content and happy, they are constantly trying to step up and assume a job description of leader because it needs to happen, but ultimately they know that they're not cut out to fulfill that job description. And so it would be like, you or me, if we were trying to do a job that we weren't cut out to do, mm -hmm. 
we would be in a state of stress and, an and anxiousness, always, always. always, right? That would be our baseline. And then we'd be acting out and, and suffering because of it in, in all the different ways. But aren't some dogs more, aren't they better to fulfill a leadership role than others? Or are all dogs supposed to be submitting to owners all the time? That's what I'm saying, like in the psychology of a dog, are they like, no, I feel like I'm a leader. That's a really good question. So in my 25 years of doing what I do, it is very rare that I have met a natural alpha personality. Alphas are born, not made. So you can't craft a leader. You can't, these, the elements, the components of that job description are inherently in a dog. And so it's such a great question because A, I rarely see it. And even a dog that has the natural tendencies to be in a leadership role, they're not living in a world that they understand. They're not living in a world that is natural and instinctual to them. And so no matter what, they can't pay the bills. They can't get the groceries. They can't get the gas. They can't take the kids to school. How could they school. be the leader? How could they be the leader? Yeah. Exactly. But because as the humans, we're not communicating to them in the language that they understand, they ultimately will do whatever it takes to fulfill that job description. Mm. So that's leading to a dog being in a constant state of stress because one, even if they could be the leader, they can't because this is not the setting Precisely. for them to be a leader. And so they are always trying to calibrate where they stand in the pack Yes. every single day. So yes. they need they need fulfilled roles to understand who they are. Yeah. It's interesting. It's funny because human beings are always in a state of like, who the heck am I? What am I? Right. It's, it sounds like the same thing with animals. They're trying to calibrate who am I in this in this pack. Yeah. And the difference is, is that it's so simplistic for them because they're not run by the ego. Mm hmm. Right. For them, it's a matter of will I will I live and be successful? Will this pack be successful? Or will we be in chaos and constant stress and confusion, which then ultimately will lead to the, the pack dying off or dismantling? Our dogs are constantly looking to the humans to understand if they will step up into those roles, relieving the dog of that job description, that hefty weight of the world responsibility that they're not cut out for. So this is interesting to me because it sounds like what you're saying is to be the most loving person to your dog, the biggest gift you can give your dog is to relieve the dog of the duties that it believes it needs to fulfill. Precisely. And a lot of us don't know how. Correct. How do we start understanding how to relieve a dog of all their mm. duties? I know that's just, this is your work and it takes a lot of some professional, but there's a lot of people who can never reach you. What are some things we can do to understand, man, I don't want my dog stressed 24 seven. I want a yeah. long, healthy life and I want my dog to be uh, nice and calm knowing that the world is safe because we know the house is safe, but the dog doesn't know. We know we'll always be able to get food, but the dog doesn't know, is this pack gonna survive? That's what I'm understanding, right? Great point, yeah, so, absolutely. So, so how do we un start relieving the dog of their duties so they just like can breathe finally? Yeah, wonderful question. And I think that you and I touched on that just over here um, a little bit ago, where I ask everybody to bring awareness 
in terms of their interactions with their dogs. It can be very subtle. However, a huge way in which our dogs are asking the questions, right? They're constantly asking, are you in charge or am I? Do I have to run the show here or can you? And a very simple, subtle way in which we can start to make those changes is bringing awareness when our dog initiates interaction. So when it's the dog's idea, when they approach us to understand, will you engage with me on my terms? If I approach you and I demand an interaction, will you then respond and reinforce and solidify the, the idea that I'm the one that's controlling everything in this dynamic? And so as we did over there in the kitchen, mm. um, when the dog, when Sabina approached you, I asked as hard as that is because it goes against your natural tendencies, right? It goes against your, your, rea your quick reaction to just engage with her on her terms, right? There she is. She wants to be pet. But ultimately what's happening is she's just asking, if I approach you, will you put this interaction on my terms? And it was interesting when you didn't do that, and even though it took a lot of like mm -hmm. restraint to, to not just be in what you normally do, she, she left and, and she let go of that idea and that she had to be managing you in that situation. And as I always say that dogs don't compartmentalize, their minds are not capable of it. So by you communicating in that one interaction that she didn't have to be the one in charge, that's going to start to shift the way that she views, trusts, and respects you moving forward. Now, of course, that also requires you being consistent, mm -hmm. right? And that's part of why the pack or why our dogs are constantly testing us, questioning us, challenging us, is because we are so inconsistent. So when we can consistently respond to them in these ways, it's something that they can start to root and trust. They can really, they can really start to respect and, and count on the fact that we have their backs all the time. Wow, this is, it, it's, it, I know a lot of people are listening, they're like, what the heck is going on here? Because, <laughs> because it sounds to me that in that very interaction, if I'm understanding right, Sabina showed up and put her chin on my leg and looked up at me and, and said with her eyes, pet me, pet me. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna pet you. And you said, don't, and I was like, don't okay and I didn't and she walked away and then she made a circle and came back but this time more aggressively she went under my hands and pushed yes. my hands with her snout yes. to really pet her but it's my understanding that she was trying to in that moment understand understand where she stands with me yes and, and are you serious that was the second attempt okay I like what you're saying are you serious wow so me not petting Sabina basically goes, she goes, okay, I like this. This is, this is what I was testing for. Mm -hmm. She came back around and even more aggressively put her, hand, her snout to my hands for me to pet her. And she was like, I wanna see if you're serious. It's yes. incredible how a dog thinks. Yes. Now, you're saying then, if it's on a dog's term when they're coming to be pet or coming to give affection, it seems like for you, uh, for people, that's what they're doing. They're trying to calibrate the relationship. By not 
petting the dog on their terms, mm -hmm. we are then showing, I can manage you, dog. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. Like, I can like I can take care, it's okay, you can relax? Exactly. So what that does is it ultimately shifts the power of the interaction onto the human's terms. And when the dog understands that nothing is left on their term, they don't have to make any choices that they're not cut out to make when they can see clearly from our communication and our behavior that we are the ones that have, we're calling the shots. They have nothing to worry about. That is the greatest gift to mm. give our dogs. So then, so then people are like, okay, well, how do I show my dog affection then? Because right. they're like, how do I, how do I, you know, like I love my dog and I love showing my dog affection. What do I do now? What's, yeah. what's a way, what's a healthier way to do it? Yeah. So first thing is on the human's terms always. And, you know, we were talking about your girlfriend's dog and, um, you know, even like having a dog in the bed. I don't care if your dog sleeps in the bed with you. I don't care if your dog is on the couch with you or you share, uh, you know, close space. However, what's most important is that your dog consistently sees and understands that that is an invitation. That's an invitation on the human's terms. So they're literally constantly creating a, uh, a foundation for the dog where the dog is just really seeking out the human's invitation and guidance at all times, which brings about so much responsiveness from the dog. When we put everything on the dog's terms, they're able to make the choice of, I don't want to do that right now. Mm. Or I'm not going to listen to you because they're fulfilling that role. They're the ones that get to be the choice makers. Mm. So when we as the humans embody that, when people are asking about recall or my dog doesn't listen to me or runs away from me or, you know, just really doesn't value what I'm asking them to do, that's why. In essence, we have not given the dog a good enough reason to believe that we are worthy to be listened to. We have to embody that, that role, that job description, which then naturally they are drawn to that energy. They want to be a part of it. They want to fulfill the needs and, and wants of the alpha. Again, that's part of the subordinate, the lower ranking pack member's job is to be attentive to the alpha's needs. Mm. So are you saying that when we better show up for our dogs like this, in their eyes, do they see us as the alpha member of the pack then? But a more natural stance, not like an aggressive, like I'm the alpha, let's train you as such. Correct. But, but this is a more natural, holistic flow to, to that, to for evolutionary, the dog can go, okay, wait, when I show up to Christian on my terms, he's giving me all this affection and love. Oh, I'm in charge, sort of like that. Mm -hmm. Versus, wow, I'm he, I'm only invited. I'm invited. I'm invited. But yes. I'm hearing that it's sort of like that's the role they want. Exactly. Right. That that's is, that's yeah. the that's the role where they're when they're living in there. That's when you're doing a stress-free job by your dog because. They're in the role where they're understanding what their place is, and that's what they want. That's, it's what they need. It's Dogs right. don't have wants. They have needs. And we as humans give our dogs 
all of the wants. They want to be pet. They want their toy. They want to be, you know, loved on. They want to go to the beach. They want to. Dogs are so living in the moment. And that's what is one of the many reasons I believe that humans adore them so much is because they represent something that's so present in the now, something that's so, there's something that humans, I believe, desire that in their own life and dogs represent that. And so we attach all of these, these meanings that are very human based, right? They're, they're very human based. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the most important thing, even beyond food for a dog is understanding what what is the the healthiest ideal hierarchy within the pack dynamic? Because if that is not in place, the pack will not be able to access food. Wow, and that's the evolutionary signal that it's getting. Yes. If our pack is not in place, then we are gonna die. Correct. So they're always trying to establish, are we in place? Exactly. But they don't wanna be the alpha. No, they want us to do it. I see. And so that's my role in life is to teach humans how to embody, how to learn the language, how to become fluent in in a language that is natural and instinctual to a canine, Mm -hmm. while also embodying the alpha leadership roles. It's essential. Mm -hmm. It is it's the most important gift really that we can can give our dogs. And not just for their well-being, but it's to restore harmony within the pack dynamic. Because we know as dog lovers, as people that call this man's best friend, right? These valued relationships, if our dogs are not well, or if something is amiss, we can't be happy, Mm -hmm. right? We can't, it's uh, how many dog owners come to me that express great stress within the household because the dog is, you know, stressed out and the dog is not happy. And then that creates, as we're talking about how important the overall functioning within the family pack unit is Mm. for everybody to be harmonious. Wow. And just that, that one piece of information of understanding how to interact with your dog can really make a massive difference in the long-term health. We were talking about cortisol elevated over time for the dog. Stress kills humans and dogs alike. So this is like a beautiful opportunity for us to understand better our dogs. And and truly loving your dog is establishing that role so it has a long, healthy life. Now let's chat about something crucial. That is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements... Right? We have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or in your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. 
Puris O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Puri is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Puri.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Puri. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water or kombucha or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha, plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. What is, let's say, a typical day? I'm a dog owner. And I have a dog who like any typical dog, wakes up, goes crazy, wants to go on a walk, wants me to feed it, but then I have to go to work. What are some tips that we can tell people right when we wake up? How is there, what ways Love can it. we approach this? Yeah. So one of my key pieces of advice, information that I love to give my clients um, is dogs are opportunistic creatures, period. They never know when or where they'll get their next meal. They don't even know if they leave their home or their den environment if they will survive, right? I mean, let's be honest, neither do we, right? So for our dogs, being opportunistic creatures, they have zero concept of time. But the way that we put them, the way that we set their daily lives up, is on a very rigid time schedule. I feed my dog at the same time every day. I walk them at the same time every day. They go to bed at the same time every day. All of that rigid scheduling and strict structure that's based on a concept of time. Well, unfortunately, what that does to an opportunistic animal that is trying to live their everyday establishing who is in charge and where they fit in, this gives our dogs the ability to associate. So even though canines have zero concept of time, they have the most extraordinary ability of association. 
This is why clients will say, oh, when I, it's, you know, 8 a.m., my dog comes running into the kitchen and starts barking at me. Or maybe I'm working at my desk on my computer and the dog is demanding that I come and get, go into the kitchen and feed, feed the dog. Because our dogs are associating based off of our habitual habit, you know, our, our habitual schedule day in and day out, they are stepping up two steps ahead of us to try and determine when things happen. So it's not about control because dogs don't, they're not controlling animals. However, they are also trying to understand and giving the, doing the best with the information that we give them. They know that if they demand to be fed, here comes the human mm -hmm. ready to you know, fulfill their demands and put the food in the bowl. Now, who's in charge then? If they're, if it's on their time, then they are. Exactly. So the dog comes in, initiates the feeding process, the human responds. And so the dog immediately establishes an association of, well, when I demand this, when I take charge of this, the human will comply, right? They will respond. And so what ends up happening through this strict schedule is that we give the dog the power to determine what happens mm -hmm. and when it happens. So my key piece of advice there is to switch up the dog's schedule as much as humanly possible, as much wow. as your schedule, your human schedule allows. It is so important that we mix up the timing of all of their daily activities, interactions, and that way they're never able to determine as opportunistic creatures do. They're not able to determine when things happen next. And do it on my time. Yeah. It also brings the power of the interaction, the power of your leadership back on your terms. So not only are they, we're fulfilling their natural hardwired understanding of how resources come about, right? Just on a whim, not on a schedule. We're also bringing the power of the providing as the alphas back to the human. Mm -hmm. So it is on, on your, your terms. On your terms. Exactly. Wow, incredible, because to understand, I'm understanding so much more about the dog psychology, right? Because if I think about them in nature, they already have the pack dynamics, Yeah. right? A lot of them, especially in this setting, they want to be subordinate, I understand that, like they're looking for an alpha. Um, and then understanding just basically how they don't know when their kill is going to be. They don't know. It's not going to be at. It's not going to be the same time as like the sun comes up and then they hear a rooster and then there's fed chicken there. You know, that's, it's, that's absolutely right. So it says so much about our health too as humans. Yeah. Because what I'm hearing is just aligning with the evolutionary health of the animal. It begs the question for me to think about our own evolutionary health and what are our signals and mm. what's in fullest alignment with our true nature, mm. because in many ways, you're saying the health of a dog is in alignment with how they evolved. Yeah. The same goes with us. So it's like a beautiful tie-in for all of health. Absolutely. Um, what about when we leave our dogs? What about when we, like, there's so many people, I'm, I'm guilty of it, I've had dogs all my life. I, I, I don't wanna leave them, I'm, I'm petting them, I say, okay, I'll be right back, I'm, I'm gonna be back, stay right there, I'll be back in 10 minutes, because you know what 10 minutes is, right? And then I leave. Is right. that is that 
how should we be saying goodbye to our dogs? Separation within the pack dynamic, uh, especially the way that it's designed within our modern day society, is the most stressful occurrence in a dog's daily life. So really it's only truly stressful because the dog believes that they have assumed a role of being the protector, the manager, the one that's, that's in charge of the human's well-being, right? So when the roles are reversed and the human who is viewed in the dog's eyes as the baby leaves the den, leaves the home, they can no longer fulfill their job description of protecting you. Mm -hmm. So the most important thing that we can do in preparing our dogs, because so much of the, so many dogs, I would say out of the thousands of dogs that I've worked with, I've never met a dog that didn't have some form of separation anxiety. And this is why. There's one reason for separation anxiety, period, and this is it. When a dog is viewing the fact that that's their role, that's their job, they can't see it out, they can't fulfill it. And when we leave into the world that they already don't understand, and for many dogs is very stressful and scary and intimidating, the last thing that we wanna do is draw attention, create a charge, and ask for their approval if we can leave. Because we know that they don't want us to leave, they want the pack to be successful. They need to fulfill their role and their duty. So when, because that just has to happen, that we, we leave and we, we part ways, we have to do so in the, the most peaceful and quiet and non direct, non-direct communication. So I always ask my clients that when you're prepping to leave the home, take 15 minutes, take 30 minutes, take an hour. If I know that I'm going into work earlier, if I'm going into the city with my dogs and I know I'm, it's the morning and I, there's a lot to do. I'm going to be, you know, getting out of the door and it's going to be a little bit, you know, frenzied in the morning. The last thing that I will do is interact with them hands-on or in a, in a directly engaged way. So I bring awareness of what I have going on that day. And depending on what's going on, I will remove my energy, not interact with them directly so that I can make sure that when I depart and when the pack separates, they are at ease there's no added charge in association to the pack separating. And I've left them in the most peaceful way where they can trust and feel at ease knowing that mm. I'll return when I return. So even when you say not touching them, mm -hmm. is it also the same, like, do you even acknowledge them? Like, let's say they're by the door. Do we look at them or do we just leave? We just leave. You just leave. Okay, so you just... When you know you're getting ready to depart from your dog, don't acknowledge them. <laughs> That's what I'm right. starting to hear. Yeah, no, and I like to say not, it's like non-direct engage, like you don't wanna be giving direct engagement. You're still communicating. I can still send my dogs all of the loving, positive, mm -hmm. connected energy that I feel for them, knowing that they're receiving it. 
It's just in a in a different way. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's just this is such new information for me in particular because I've done the opposite. I'm like, okay, I can't leave you. I'm going to give you a hug. But it's so funny. Another thing that comes up in this conversation is how we humanize our interactions with dogs, thinking that they're people, right? We think they have a concept of time. We think they have a concept of egoic wants, mm -hmm. right? We think they have a concept of, of all of these things that we attach to human interaction. It's in many ways a projection of ourselves, right? Yes, it is. Everything that we want, we want to give to our dogs without understanding that maybe they don't want it because maybe that's causing them extra stress, which mm. is really hard pill to swallow for a lot of us because we go, what do you mean? This is how I want to receive love, therefore my dog must want to receive love because dogs are so un unconditionally loving. But yes. it's really important for us to understand these pack dynamics because it's, it's literally the key to our dog's long-term health, mm. mental and physical. Yes. So it's, it's amazing conversation. I know this is a lot we, we can talk about and we talked about you being back on the show. I know you wanted to touch on two things the food and the environmental toxins. Can we just do a quick bit on that before we wrap up? Absolutely. So through my program, as it, it's a very holistic program as, as, it, as it should be, nutrition and diet and what we fuel and how we nourish our dogs contributes immensely to their overall state of being, their overall well-being. And so if we are feeding biologically inappropriate foods, uh, that are fueling anxiousness, nervousness, stress. If the body is, from a behavioral standpoint, not being met and it's causing stress and anxiety, then we're also feeding our dogs highly inflammatory foods that are essentially throwing fuel on a fire. Mm -hmm. So, you know, taking a look at what our dogs are, what we're how we're nourishing them, what we're feeding them, how we're supplementing them uh, is, is a crucial, crucial component um, to the overall well-being, how our dogs are showing up for us. Uh, it's amazing how I've worked with the most stressed and anxious, really extreme cases, and we can get about 95% healed from the issues at hand, the challenges that, that have presented themselves. And unless the client puts all of the pieces of the puzzle together, so the nutritional component, we will never get 100%, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it, it goes so with what, you know, with what you do. Everything. It's it, everything, yeah. I mean, I, and clients that are, you know, questioning it or, or wondering about it, it always comes back to us. It's like, if we're not fueling ourselves with biologically species-appropriate nourishing foods, we're not going to look our best. We're not going to act our best. We're not going to show up in our very best period. We're not going to think at our best. And it's the very same with our dogs. Mm. Um, and it, it's such a huge topic, and there's so many multi-layers that, that are present there. To really question and advocate um, for your dog as far as when you're talking to your vet, you know, dry foods, th for this sure. is not, you know, this is not appropriate uh, formulas for our dogs. This is not um, the way that we're going to enhance our dog's lives to the very best that, mm -hmm. that we can. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a holistic point of view, right? The physical, and we talked about like the psychological part of it. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I love the work you do. I know you're in Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, 
but uh, what's your website? And I know there's a lot of people like, wait a minute, I need help here. Yeah. Uh, are you just working through in, in Illinois? or? No, it... I, I have clients worldwide. Okay. Um, my, my website is caninestateofmind.com, C-A-N-I-N-E. Um, and I'm on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, I, I do... I offer um, consultations worldwide. Uh, I travel for clients um, all the time. Love it. Yeah. I love that. And when it comes to uh, just the information you're putting out, is is there any like programs or courses you're doing or anything that, like, let's say someone listening, they go, okay, like I want to learn the ins and outs now, like formally. Yeah. Anything like that? Yeah. So um, if you're not able to reach me through a one-on-one in-person mm-hmm. consultation. Um, I have an incredible virtual program uh, that's available, and I am going to be launching uh, an amazing online course uh, this it. winter. So that's going to be. I look yeah, forward to it. It's going to be wonderful. Um, whoa! Thank you for that information. I per- I personally learned a lot, and I'm not speaking for everyone, but I can almost guarantee a lot of us learned a lot. And. It's, it's really important to make these changes. Like I see it the way that I want to interact with Sabina, our dog here, for and her And that's health. just the beginning. It's just the, it's just <laughs> it's the, beginning, the beginning, right? But it's, it's, there's a part of me that's just so interested in this anyway, because to understand that is, in many ways, like understanding ourselves better too. Yeah. And I, and I love that relationship, um, but I'd love to have you back on. I would love it. And thank you for coming out, and I really appreciate your work. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome show with Sasha. I mean, like, there were so many times that I was just in awe because a lot of it makes so much sense. And a lot of the things that she said that we display with dogs and how dogs behave in accordance with it is so true because I remember seeing it. Hopefully it resonated with all of you, but uh, thank you for coming to the show. And as always, take the time to rate the show, review the show, and subscribe. If you haven't done any of them, do them all. If you've done one, do two. If you've done two, do one of them. Thank you for supporting the show. It really means a lot and see you next week.